Hi everyone, welcome to the Teacher Standard. Since we are in the Halloween season, I thought it'd be great for us to talk about the spookiest things. Uncomfortable situations in the school context. Yeah, love it. And so what we're going to be doing is basically sharing some of the stories that we've had at school. Um, some stories submitted by our listeners. Um, and I actually got some from my parents uh, that started in a different country. And really these stories are maybe sometimes funny or a bit gross, I think. Um, but Jake and I haven't really told each other what stories are, so you'll pretty much get the reaction um, from us fresh. Yeah. Um, so, Jake, do you want to kick us off with um, any stories that you've got? Sure. I think that I'm going to start off with one from back when I was in school, a bit of a wild thing that happened in the playground. So you're aware in some of the areas in school, in the sort of, field area there's usually a fence right yeah covering around where the tennis courts are or where the uh, astroturf is so there was a kid in our school I can't genuinely remember his name but if any of my friends are re-listening to this they're probably going to cringe once they realize the story I'm talking about this kid he was he knocked a tennis ball over the fence in near where the cricket area was and he decided stupidly to climb up the fence. Now, the top of the fence is not a rounded edge or a flat edge. It's got little pointed areas, little pointed bits. And he was wearing a ring on one of his fingers. Oh so God. what happened was he got to the top. He put one of his hands over the top of it and one of his feet slipped and he started to fall backwards. Now, the fence caught his ring. Oh, that's so great. And... Do you know what degloving is? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was degloved. So essentially, the everything on his finger, except for the bone, was pulled off. Oh, that's so gross. And you could just see, essentially, his finger bones protruding from his hand. And he had to go to hospital. I think he had to lose the finger. It was absolutely ridiculous would this be the right time to say uh, trigger warning guys trigger warning <laughs> yes i feel like it might be a good idea to edit in a uh, trigger warning earlier on actually now that i'm thinking but... yeah do you know what it's funny you said that story because i have one almost identical to that um so in fact there's one of my friend and um, so I don't know if you guys ever did this, but it was a thing in some of the Hertfordshire schools where we had a muck-up day in year 13. So it was kind of an opportunity at the end of year 13 to kind of mess up the school, do weird stuff, um, and then evidently just clear up at the end. It was just more of a satisfactory thing. So at this person's school, um, they I think a group of students came in early to try and set up for muck-up day, but the gates were closed. And just like you said the gates, um, the fence didn't have a rounded edge. It had a sharp edge at the top. So one of the girls tried to climb over it. Her finger got caught as she was climbing over it. So when she um, actually jumped off the fence, her finger got ripped off, like Ooh. clean. Um, and her friends Ooh. on the other side <laughs> had to pass her <laughs> finger through the fence. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> to her. Obviously, this girl was like screaming. Um but apparently that caused quite a scene, but yeah, I feel like that happens a lot. Obviously, it seems to happen a bit too often. Um, 
Gyo, if anyone else who's listening to this has any stories of casual dismemberment happening in school, <laughs> we'd love to hear that. <laughs> For sure. And um, another finger cutting off experience. I remember in why why is everyone cutting their fingers off? Another um, finger cutting off. Oh God. Okay. Carry yeah, on. I know. Um, I don't know if you remember this, the knife challenge. Do you remember that? Uh, vaguely, what, as in like Five Finger Fillet? The, um... Yeah, you grab a knife and you do that weird song, I can't remember it, and you have to stab the knife between your fingers and you have to pick up mm. pace. I'm aware of the game. Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, when I was in, I think it was like year 10 or 11, we heard that a year eight, I don't know why, a year eight bought a um, butcher's knife into school and decided to do that obviously cut off her finger and obviously got expelled for bringing a knife into school yeah I feel like that's fair never never do that please (laughs) like a a couple of kids in my school brought um a knife in I think it was mostly just to look hard or look cool and Mm -hmm. yeah they got expelled so generally not a very good idea (laughs) particularly when it causes casual dismemberment. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's just gross. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's the dismemberment stories I've got. Um, I've got another one that just kind of involves a bit of blood. So if anyone doesn't really like blood, trigger warning now. Um, this one isn't as gross, to be honest. I think it was quite a common thing. But um, girls used to get nose piercings. And this girl um, who was in my class, she had a nose piercing and I think the way they pierced it into her nose wasn't in the right place so in geography she started sneezing and when she sneezed like she basically had like a massive nosebleed that just didn't stop so okay. she started running around the class trying to get out of the room obviously left like a trail of blood everywhere as she was running out um, the room and there was a girl in that class that had a fear of blood so she fainted so it was kind of like a chaotic A and E scene that was going on, yeah. and we had a supply teacher as well, so it wasn't great for them um, to see that happening. But yeah, I just it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, "This is kind of funny, but also kind of gross at the same time." Um, yeah. yeah. Oh dear. Yeah. <laughs> There's one of those sort of um, what is it? Those cascading situations where someone has something unfortunate happen, but then that leads to unfortunate things happening for multiple other people in the situation yeah it's kind of like um you know when someone like has nausea and someone starts vomiting it's like it triggers other people around them to have the same reaction yeah yeah that happened that that happened in one of my classes one time uh there was a kid who was just feeling really rough and he for some reason didn't feel the need to go home uh vomited in class and then Mm. someone else saw that and they got triggered by the sight and the sound and you know the smell and they vomited and I think it triggered a third person to vomit really bad for the teacher because they had to continue teaching in that class that was their classroom until it got cleaned up oh that's gross (laughs) yeah um so this is another one from personal experience from back when I was in school it's just one of those cases where you know, when you feel like you've kind of gone into a situation and you realize you're a bit out of your depth mm-hmm. and you don't really know how to get out of it. Uh, so I 
essentially went down to the bottom of the field and you know the bottom of the field that's where sort of the uh quote cool kids or quote unstable kids end up going and you know this was where some people were smoking cigarettes behind the bins and so i was there chatting to them because you know i was trying to be friends with the cool kids (laughs) and then like a whole bunch of the other kids that were i think they were a few years above we were in year nine they were year 11 they pulled out some darts and I was looking at them just like, why Why do you have darts? There's no dartboard. What could we possibly using darts for? Yeah. And they essentially split apart. And they claimed that this is a fun game that they play. And they start throwing darts at each other. What? <laughs> and so I'm there. I'm sitting next to a person who's smoking cigarettes. And I'm feeling a little bit queasy from that. And I'm just watching these nutters throw darts at each other. And occasionally a dart just gets a little bit too close. Yeah. And I have no idea how what what to do in response to this situation. I think after a while, I think after the second time a dart landed a bit too close to where I was, I was like, no, can't take this anymore. I'm out. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to sort of make a massive circle around these kids. <laughs> just return to the relative safety of the tennis courts that was my comfort zone in the uh, secondary school area so fair to say you didn't make friends with them after no no I don't (laughs) I don't I mean I'm wondering what they're up to now did they become less crazy are they still thinking that throwing darts at each other is an acceptable or even fun way to spend time no clue don't want to know really yeah people do strange things don't they yeah um weird so i have um a few and you know what i just have loads of these ones that have just come in and it's just people terrorizing supply teachers i feel like that's just a common thing in the whole country that if you're left with someone that isn't a common teacher in the school or a teacher that you know i think it's like this automatic response to just kind of make their life hell um so i just have loads of ones where it's like of someone's friend has spat in a supply teacher's coffee and they've drank it. Oh. Like, come on, that is gross. That's like, actually disgusting. Um, and one of my friends, and he knows who he is, absolutely so evil, um, scared one of the supply teachers and all her tea just like fell all over her. And like, I'm not going to lie, guys, but if you're listening out there, when I say tea and coffee gets teachers through the day, I, I honestly, I'm not joking about that. I think all of us kind of underestimated that at school. And when you actually start working as a teacher, you're like, crap, really, this is our life. Tea and coffee, 24 hours a day. Um, I have been nurturing a small scale addiction to coffee to get me through my career so far as a teacher to the point where it's a running joke with practically all of my classes. If I'm in a particularly bad mood, some of the kids just ask me, sir, have you run out of coffee? And oftentimes <laughs> the answer is yes. Yes, I'm out of coffee. And now that you know that, you know that you need to be quiet and do what I tell you to, please. So, yeah, I mean, just anyone who's ever done that, it's it's actually quite heartbreaking. Can you imagine just having tea spilled over yourself? And you know, that's probably not what made this teacher cry. It probably was like, probably had been shouted at by so many different students had loads of arguments it's just emotionally drained physically drained 
and then you just go off and you get her to spill her tea on herself like that's just humiliating you really do have to feel bad for cover teachers i feel like supply teachers do get quite a lot of pay per hour but for some reason it just doesn't really feel like enough um yeah as you say kids seem to make it their own personal mission to ruin the day of the supply teacher and you don't know anyone's names which i realized as a massive stress last year because we weren't able to bring supply teachers in mm-hmm. so uh staff had to cover lessons during their planning periods so i would go in to this fresh class not know anyone's names and suddenly behavior management is so much more difficult because you don't know who these people are and you don't have a seating plan so you don't know if they're sitting in the right place and you have no idea if this lesson is going to go to plan at all yeah yeah it's mm. it's it's so difficult and um yeah i can only remember the time i think when we started teaching as well just getting used to kids around school that you didn't know and they'd be doing something wrong Mm-hmm. And you try and tell them off and they just kind of like, who are you? You don't know me. I can get away with this kind of attitude. Yep. Um, yeah, it was difficult. And obviously it's more difficult, especially if you're not really used to the whole school and the dynamic. Um, but yeah, so I have got some science related stories. I don't know okay. if you've got any, some that's happened either in my classroom um, or some that I've kind of heard from others. Do you have any to share that's kind of, related to a science lab i have one um it one story from a science lesson it was a practical lesson that just went so badly wrong it was Mm -hmm. a practical lesson we were going over uh, reversible reactions so for non-science teacher listeners a reversible reaction is a reaction that can quite easily uh go forwards so you know your standard uh chemical reaction burning wood sort of thing but it can easily be reversed and the reaction we were doing was copper sulfate where you add a bit of water to copper sulfate it turns blue it gets hot and then you heat it up and it turns back to being uh white powder do you remember that reaction um yeah i do i don't think i've personally done it i've done the one where you make the copper sulfate crystals but i'll talk about that later okay so We're doing this, uh, I showed the kids that uh, if you get a boiling tube with some anhydrous, so white powder, copper sulfate, and you add some water into it, it becomes really hot, even though all you did was add a bit of water to it. Mm -hmm. And then we needed to reverse that reaction. So we were to put them over Bunsen burners and get rid of that water to make it into a white powder again. Now, I was still relatively early on in my first year. This was one of my first practical lessons that I had done. So some things that I thought were common sense, such as hold your um, tongs so that they aren't directly in the way of the flame or (laughs) use a flame that isn't the absolute hottest setting on the Bunsen burner. Or once you see a bit of smoke coming off of your chemical, Take it off the flame, please. These things I didn't think I needed to mention. So one kid held it so for so long with the flame on their tongs that the tongs melted. 
Oh my gosh, the no metal, way. The metal melted oh, onto the table. It melted onto their heatproof mat. Thankfully, it didn't melt onto any person or any of a person's yeah. possessions. But they were like, sir, my tongue's melted. It's just like, how? How did you, how did you do that? <laughs> it requires like melted thousands metal. of degrees. <laughs> Another kid, in fact, I think two groups, just held their copper sulfate over the fire to the point where it decomposed and i think oh, it released like sulfur god. dioxide gas which oh, is a choking gas it hot smells horrible it stains the room with this really chemically smell and it's like choking so i had to teach for two more lessons in that day with my entire room just smelling like you know smelling acidic acrid burnt chemical oh, smell gross. all through it and everyone was choking throughout the rest of that practical lesson so you know that was awful you, you know what it's just something about copper sulfate I have a story where again it was one of my first practical lessons and I had thought that um year 10s would have known how to use a Bunsen burner again don't ever go into a lesson <laughs> thinking your kids know anything um and we were making uh, copper sulfate crystals by putting copper oxide into sulfuric acid and when you mix the two, you're meant to gently warm it up. Okay, can I just highlight the method said gently warm. It even dictated what you should not do, which is boil sulfuric acid, like pure sulfuric acid <laughs> using a Bunsen burner. Hmm. So there's little me, 21, like <laughs> um, thinking that these 15-year-olds know what they're doing, thinking that they can read a method Obviously, I'm trying to be safe. Half of them aren't acting the way they're meant to be acting because it's a very difficult school, etc. And um, next thing you know, it I can I literally told them as well, like, don't put sulfuric acid in a beaker and boil it. When I mean boil it, I mean make sure it doesn't bubble because that's what boiling is, right? And yeah. all I see is like. <laughs> these group of girls screaming their heads off because they've boiled sulfuric acid to the point it's spitting everywhere oh, they all just God. run back leave the thing carrying on spitting there and then I'm like okay we need to turn that off so I said someone turn off the gas tap because I was on the other side of the room but no one was doing that so I had to come in uh turn it off check the equipment around obviously there was sulfuric acid like everywhere do a health check like is everyone okay um you know is anyone hurt etc luckily no one was hurt but obviously that side of the room just stunk because you're getting sulfur dioxide as well being released yeah and yeah I think I'm traumatized I I, I don't think I've done a mass scale copper sulfate crystal making practical again since that um it just I don't know again like common sense just isn't there I, I don't know what it is I feel like it's kind of a rite of passage for a trainee science teacher to have a lesson that just goes horrendously wrong because yeah. you've made assumptions about what would be obvious or common sense for a pupil. Things like yeah. you've just been heating your boiling tube on the Bunsen burner. Don't touch the bottom part of the boiling <laughs> tube that's just been on the flame. These sorts of things. But, oh, yeah. no, that's horrendous. Oh Another case where you yeah, had just sulfur dioxide smell choking yeah. out the room. Yeah. But then you got, you got to love it when, being a science teacher, they obviously ask you all these, like, questions which you're like, use your common sense in terms of the answer, right? So, mm. for example, 
Um, I mean, I also read some of this stuff. So some apparently online, um, they were using litmus paper to test, obviously, the acidity and alkalinity of different um, chemicals. And this teacher thought she saw someone put litmus paper on their tongue. Um, And so obviously nothing's going to happen. It's it's just litmus paper. It's fine. But the kid goes up to the teacher and is like, Miss, what happens if you put litmus paper in your mouth? And she goes, why have you done that? They go, no, I'm just, you know, wondering like what would happen. So that teacher starts making up like, oh, good. Like, thank gosh you didn't do that because, you know, your hair starts falling out. You'll feel like this tingling <laughs> taste and like basically started listing symptoms that would obviously never happen. This kid apparently had a full on meltdown um, <laughs> <laughs> because they still had the litmus paper like part in their tongue. Um, so I was reading that, but also like, I did a whole, I think, digestion um, lesson to do with like amylase enzymes and the way enzymes work. And for those of you that maybe don't know, amylase is an enzyme that's found in your saliva. It won't do anything to you if you were to touch (laughs) it because it is your saliva at the end of the day. And these kids, like we were using amylase enzymes to test, you know, their activity at different temperatures. And one of them must have touched the amylase enzyme by hand. And start asking, like, oh, my God, miss, miss, like, what's going to happen if, like, this amylase goes in my hand? And I'm just like, where does it come from? They're like, oh, it comes from your mouth. And I'm like, okay, so it's going to start dissolving your skin. You have to go wash off your hands. And they start having a full-on, like, panic. <laughs> and they went to go wash their hands. And their mates obviously started laughing, like, we dig. And they're just like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I was like, it's in your spit. Like, come on. Have you never touched your spit before? It's fine. Um, but, yeah, it's just like... It, just the type of questions you get as being a science teacher that is just off curriculum or off syllabus is just incredible yeah some of these things are just a bit ridiculous and I feel like most of these wild stories do come from the experiments Mm. yeah a lot of them Um, is experiments but yeah moral of the story you know if you're going to take a tip away from it is the safest assumption that you can make when doing a practical lesson with kids is that you can't make any assumptions about what they know you assume they know nothing yeah you have to assume like to the point now where I'm like to year nines like make sure you turn the tap on you turn the tap off with the water because you never know never know and at the beginning of any practical lesson it's a case of read through the method we're going to talk through each step to see that you understand thoroughly what each step means if it involves a bunsen burner and it says heat gently what does that not mean (laughs) one of our listeners have mentioned that um there was a science experiment that they were doing at school and uh, they left the gas tap on accidentally and uh they held a lit splint we all know where that story goes oh well so like it was a what like a fountain of fire coming out into the class or uh or was it an explosion i don't know they i don't know they just kind of were like this is literally what they said leaving the gas tap on accidentally and holding a lit splint been shook ever since i assume it went pretty bad i mean it could have gone worse suppose at least the person i assume didn't get hospitalized yeah that is true um 
Now, on a different kind of level, I mean, um, my dad, he has loads of stories and he grew up in Kenya, which is in uh, East Africa. So the kind of stories he has there back in the 80s is obviously quite different to the stories that we have now. Um, so I was kind of asking him, like, have you got any kind of crazy stories that have happened? And he goes to me that um, he remembers once there was a snake infestation in their classroom. Um, so that doesn't really happen in the UK, but it definitely happens over there. And for anyone that doesn't like snakes, well, that would have been fun. Um, <laughs> so apparently they obviously had to get like rangers and whatnot to come and remove the snakes. Um, but yeah, apparently there were loads of them, some of which were venomous um, at the back of their classroom one time. And oh, yeah, yeah, weird. And the other one um, he told me was that there was a school that was near one of the natural reserves in um Kenya and I think I don't know when this was during the day one of the windows was left open in the school whilst they were teaching and a leopard came in through the window <laughs> like oh. a whole leopard <laughs> the kids in my school freak out when like there's a mouse in the classroom <laughs> they will all pile into a corner like trampling each other <laughs> forget a mouse a wasp comes in that's it yeah, a wasp comes in and everyone loses their minds. Imagine if it was a leopard. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd have a heart. Yeah, that was that. But um, I don't think we have many animal infestations other than maybe ants. I feel like ants and mice are an issue in most places. But and rats. Yeah. Rats are an occasional thing. Uh, one time, it's not really so much a horror story. It's just a uh, thing that made my life a little bit more difficult for a while. Uh, I'm pretty sure a pigeon made a nest and started a family in my ceiling of my classroom at one Aww. point. Um, so at one point, um, I would be working in my classroom and I would just hear in the ceiling. That is a really good impression. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. And I was just like, where, where is that coming from? It was coming from the ceiling. And it was just continuing day after day after day eventually it got to a point where i was hearing alongside this noise a bunch of like chirping like really high-pitched chirping noises and i was just there like huh? <laughs> <laughs> is there a nest up there is there babies there and my kids were starting to pick up on it they were like they knew the pigeon was there and they started hearing the baby was like Did, are there baby birds in your roof <laughs> it's like, Yes, there is. I don't know how, but there is a nest. Oh, that sounds nice, though. <laughs> yeah, it's just a bit also like I kept on call, uh, messaging the school saying, hey, guys, there's, there's still a nest in my ceiling. Um, are we able to get that removed? Maybe put on top of the school, just moved away. No, eventually the sounds stopped and I went into my head of department's room and I could hear pecking and moving up in the ceiling there. So I think they just moved. I think they moved into the other classroom. Mm. Also, can I say that's really odd that you're so good at a pigeon noise. Like, what? Thank you. <laughs> that's great. But, I mean, that's all the stories I've got. Have you got any more? I've just got one thing that I saw which made me laugh a little bit. Um, so, again, looked on reddit for uh scary teaching experiences and this person put 
as the teacher, it is my room, my class, and my responsibility to keep it safe. No one but me is allowed to be scary in my teaching space. <laughs> Which I can respect. <laughs> oh, here's one I forgot about. Go on. Right? So this is from a pupil's perspective. And it was, uh, when I was very young, I told my teacher I had swallowed a nail and it hurt and asked if it was bad for me. I ended up getting an ambulance called and they told me I needed to be rushed to hospital as it could tear my stomach and potentially kill me. I was so terrified, I thought I was going to die. I couldn't stop crying and then went into mild shock. After they called the ambulance, I had to describe the nail and I perfectly described my big toenail. I used to take my socks off in the toilet and chew my toenails. I was a stupid child. I had no idea that carpentry nails were also called nails. (laughs) (laughs) And I I think we should end on that because that's great. (laughs) Um, Well, thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, It was a quick episode, quite short. Um, We just thought we'd throw it in there because there's always obviously all these stories that we have and everyone else has. So do keep them coming, especially the funny ones. It just gives us a bit of a laugh. Um, and you know if you have any things that you've done everything that we'll mention is anonymous so don't be like we'll bait you out um but yeah definitely do share them with us and there are more episodes coming up some that will actually have a different um guest on the show as well so it won't be just us two but we'll have a third person too can't wait and with the shared stories there's nothing better than shared teacher trauma for sure um but thanks guys for joining us and happy halloween thank you very much hope you enjoyed goodbye